You just gotta press a button for the intro. Hopefully is what it should be. Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy In Session, the podcast. What episode is this? Like 15? 15? 15? 15, Pete. Got a 15 slap. Today is September the 20th. The culture pushes are here. If you're listening to this on Apple, Spotify, make sure you subscribe. Give us a like. Give us some stars. Tell your friends about us. Tell your people at the school. Tell the people that you work with. Tell whoever that likes football and want to win. Tell them to listen to Fantasy in Session. Uh, what up, fellas? How y'all looking today? How y'all feeling? Feeling good, man. Feeling great. Y'all ready for tomorrow? Well, when the listeners hear this, they're gonna be it's gonna be tomorrow. So y'all ready for tomorrow? Hell yeah! Goddamn, <laughs> week three already third. here, bro. Goddamn, yes, sir. Week three, week three. I know a lot of people are zero two right now. You know what I'm saying? This is the week that you're waiting on and you're just waiting for everything to break. Maybe your players haven't performed to their utmost ability for the first two weeks. Don't panic. But now if you go 0-3, all right. You might panic go. button. <laughs> I've been trying to stay calm. I've been trying to stay calm, but it's all good. I'm going to bounce back. You just need your players to perform at the, at the highest expectation, man. They got to perform for the coach. Uh, yeah, I got, you know, two games, a little more of a sample size for, you know, for them data points and shit. So everything should be a little clear now, man. You just got to make the right moves, bro. Right. Definitely. Right decisions. Definitely. Now you just got to make the right starts. That that sucks because I got a lot of depth on one team. And it's, and then I, always, I like for the first two weeks, I made the wrong start. So I definitely got to make sure I get the right start this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's going on? What you about to say, Javar? I said you got. Had to just just go with the better matchup and and all the touches. We're gonna get all the touches and never tinker. I don't know. Never I think right. I put Calvin really in at the last minute over D, uh, Deshaun Jackson in the work. Yeah, it shit happens every now and then, but but right. I usually don't. I, like I usually don't. Right. I like to set my lineup around like ten o'clock Sunday, and then I like to leave it. Yeah, I see y'all ask me like leaving players like on the bench and shit. Yeah, just in case really I need some upside at that flex. Yeah, that shit just be like, it really does be putting owners on tilt. Like, when they see that shit, like, God, fuck this motherfucker starting, bro. Mm-hmm. I gotta start doing that shit more. Especially, like, when the 1 o'clock games, if I got, like, a couple people playing at 4 o'clock, and I just wait in, at my flex and see, like, if one person got more upside than not, you know what I mean? Yep. That way you'll never know. But anyway, let's get into Thursday's night's game. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars played the Tennessee Titans. It was a rainy game. Um, yeah. Not really close. A defense. It was pretty much a sloppy game, but uh, twenty to seven, the Jacksonville Jaguars won. Uh, Garner Minshew went twenty for thirty, two hundred and four yards, two touchdowns, four carries for eighteen yards. He looked pretty. He looked like a starting quarterback out there. Yeah, yeah, man. Like he just oh, out boy. there, just living life right now, boy. You know what I mean? he, he wasn't supposed to be in this position, bro, and he's taking full advantage of his opportunity, bro. I love it, man. Yeah, man. I know. Didi uh, ain't come up then show up to play yesterday. Butterfinger. Yeah, bro. He could have had three touchdowns, uh, Minshew, bro, but he dropped the damn end zone target, bro. Hit it right in his hands, too, bro. Like, come on, DD. Got to catch them, bro. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, but a bright spot about DD, though, he did get nine uh, targets this game. That's a big increase from last game. I know a lot of people that drafted DD during draft season at a high, uh, on a sixth, seventh, eighth, sixth, seventh, eighth round. So they were looking for DD to be the wide receiver. But once Nick Foles went out, he started going to uh, the new 
Shark in town. DJ hey. Four for five, 76 yards and a touchdown. Put up another 50. That's three weeks in a row with Straight a touchdown. I, I think you gotta I think you gotta believe in him now. Yeah, so man. Legit, especially with all these bye weeks about to start coming up. I think he he's his value is definitely going up. I hope you grabbed him. I, I highly doubt he's on any waiver rise at this point. People could grab him last week, probably. Yeah, he was making some like he made a great catch on the sideline. Yeah. It was like a back shoulder throw. But like mm-hmm. he had to like turn all the way around in stride, bro. Like that in the shit. Air. Yeah, he's yeah, he's legit, bro. He has that big play ability, bro. And he's, you know, got that connection with Minshew, bro. Yeah. So and the announcer and the announcer last night was saying that it would have been a couple years that he was trying to get right in the NFL. This is his second year. And like you said, he had a lot of reps with Minshew because they both played on like the like the backup squads during preseason. So they was on like second team. So I I, I think it's no big surprise that they are like got this connection, you know, and that's good to see, especially yeah. against a, a, a good Tennessee Titans defense. Yep. Poor, I poor, poor defense, man. They're just being wasted, bro, with, with this subpar quarterback play, man. Yeah, definitely. Mario went 23 for 40, 304, um, no touchdowns, carried the ball six times for 34 yards. He put up 15 points, but it was people were calling for Tannehill at the end of the game. Yeah, so. bro, it's just a just an average Mariota game, man. Nothing no upside, man. No upside at all with him. Right, I've seen him missing players wide open. He's like a player's open, but he's a player's open on the cut, but he wait like a second afterwards. Like players catch the ball and get tackled. That's how long Mariota wait to throw the ball to him. Like you got to get the ball to him earlier so they can make plays. They got to do something. Yep. So do you drop Corey Davis now, even though that uh, Ryan Tannehill could be on the horizon, or do you hold on to him? That's a good point. I didn't even think about that, man. I, I dropped him in a couple leagues before the game started. But, yeah, as you mentioned that, that's in the leagues that I do do have him, man. I feel like, yeah, he might be a hole for at least, you know, one more week to see if they do make that switch. But, but, is, but is Corey Davis more of a, a Devontae Parker-type player or a land? Nah, he's a – I don't well, think he is, man. Hard. I don't think he is. I think but he's I'm more of a like a like a Amari Cooper type player, just stuck in a bad situation, man. And you know, once that situation gets right, then he could take off like Cooper did when he went to Dallas. So, especially in Dynasty, I'm holding out hope. But in redraft, I'm just, he got one more. I mean, I'm if they don't make that switch in the next week or two, then yeah, I'm dropping his ass. If you're telling me he's a Cooper type player, I feel okay with him with Tannehill because Landry was definitely relevant. For years with Tannehill, so if he's a Cooper type player, I would believe that he would be uh, a reasonable player with Tannehill. Yeah. Derrick Henry did. Uh, he got he got saved by a touchdown. Carried the ball seventeen times, forty four yards. Uh, two uh, targets, caught one of them. Like I said, he got saved by that touchdown. But it looked like he got game scripted out toward uh, the comeback that the. Titans were trying to put on toward the end of the game. Of course, it was a two-score game. Um, I don't he, understand what they're – a lot of Deion Lewis. Yeah, like, it just – it makes it so easy to to game plan against. Like, when you, you're you not passing the ball at all when Henry's in and you're not running the ball at all when Lewis is in, bro. Like, the defense knows exactly what you're doing and you're playing from behind. So, you're just making their job way easier by doing that. Right. You think these millionaire coaches would know that, but obviously not. It's, it's not the coaches. It's Mariota, bro. Like, he's coming out, calling the plays, play action on first, second down. Mariota's missing dude. Well, I mean, it's usage, bro. Like, it's it's the way they're deploying the, you know, the players. Like, 
they like 90% of the time when Lewis is in, they're going to pass. And 90% of the time when Henry's in, they're going to run. So it's just, I don't think that's on Mariota right there. I mean, it's the quarterback. You can't, you got to put Mariota in, you know, in good predicaments, especially when throwing the ball. So, you know, you're not going to put him in a predicament you would put Rodgers in or even Andy Dalton. So. <laughs> not any dog. Delaney Walker uh, went seven for nine. He caught 69 yards, so he kind of did an okay game um, for a tight end. So that was good to see. That's pretty much all from the Jacksonville game. Was it? Hold on. Two? We ain't talk about who? <laughs> that boy Fournette, man. Like, oh, like you would have yeah. been good, like, if you, like, had to work a night shift or you, like, fell asleep during the game, like, before the game started and saw just the final score that he ended up with. But, boy, if you had to watch that shit, I know your ass was probably nervous as fuck the whole game until, like, the last two minutes when he just, like, broke a long run to save his day, bro. But I swear every run was negative, negative, zero yards. I think he was, like, negative three yards until that 66. He was at negative eight yards. Negative eight yards, bro. He had no room, bro. Crazy. He didn't. And dude was literally out here. It seemed like he was calling the blocks for the offensive line, bro. Like, he was like, man, fuck this. Minshew, you don't know what you're doing out here, bro. You got an arm, but you, you don't know how to read these defenses yet. Hey, bro, you block this guy, you block this guy, and it wasn't working until that last, you know, last play where he broke that long run. But, but yeah, man, it's, it's it sucks. But, you know, the good thing is he's being targeted like a motherfucker, bro. Like, you know, we we talked about this in the offseason about, you know, his usage in the passing game going up with no Yeldon out there. And I think this is more than any of us could imagine because he's on pace for, like, 106 targets already, so. And also, that, yeah. And also when they got in the red zone, they decided to pass at the three yard line instead exactly. of giving exactly. for another ball. So, you know, it's still some some T D opportunities there. So I think, you know, playing lesser defenses coming up, he could be better off. Yeah, I think, you know, Gabe mentioned it last week or last episode about, you know, the buy low targets and I think this is helps that case even more because you know he finished with twelve, but I still think owners are going to be a little disappointed that he hasn't had that blow up game yet. But with that usage and him not scoring on a touchdown yet, I think positive touchdown regression is going to hit, and he's going to keep getting those targets. So I think he's he's going to have a blow up game sooner than later. Yeah, you just got to wait on it to come. I'm looking at the schedule right now. Next week they play the Broncos. That's not an ideal matchup. Next and the week after that they play the Panthers. That's more of a that's more of a nicer matchup. So I mean, the games are coming, and then they play the Saints. That's that's more, that's not a really ideal matchup either. But the games are coming, and the touchdowns are coming. Like you said, the volume is there. You just have to wait for the production to come. They're going to continue giving Fournette the ball. So that's the bright spot about it. Like he's, not, they're not going to not give him the ball, and he's catching, like you said. Yep. Um. Yeah, but like, so that's all from the. Yeah, that's all from the Thursday night game, right? Yep. Yep. All right, so let's go ahead and get into some of the news and notes since the last time we potted. Um, of course, breaking news right before we went on today. Um, thank you this time, A.B., for doing it before we went on and not after. Uh, the Patriots cut Antonio Brown. Mm. Here we go again. <laughs> I don't even think this is a here we go again. I think this is a it's over. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I thought it was over like four breaking news ago, but. Yeah, I, mean, it's, it's I, don't think, I don't think you're gonna hear the next breaking news uh, be something positive for AB. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do y'all think he's done after this? Give it yeah. a year. We'll see. A year. I don't think he comes uh, back. 
Where who's gonna who's gonna sign him? He uh, went to the the two teams on the both end of the spectrum that might sign him, like the Wild Boys and like John Gruden's Raiders. Like, and that didn't work. And then he tried to go to the whole total other end of the spectrum to the, like, the holier-than-thou side, the Patriots. And that didn't work either. So, like, ain't no middle in-between team going to just take on, like, all that for no reason. You know what I mean? I don't I don't see it coming. It ain't for no reason, these, though. It's a like, – All these allegations coming out. And apparently he's threatening the witness or the, the girl or something like that. It's just – it's just it's, – it's a yucky situation, man. Yeah, it is. It is. We'll, I mean, we'll have to see how the how this whole situation, legal situation, plays itself out. But it's just kind of hard to see a vi- you know imagine him not playing in the NFL again. Like this dude is still one of the best receivers in the game. So like, who would he go to? I don't know. I don't know. It's thirty other team or twenty nine now if you count the Steelers. That right. I mean, if, if that legal case is behind him, I mean, I could see some teams taking a shot on him. Because you ain't talking about any player. You're talking about one of the best. going to be? He's not going to want to play for just no anybody. Clearly, we have seen that. Yeah. Well, well in redraft, I think he's, his season's done. But in Dynasty, yeah. you got to hold out a little more hope. Definitely. Uh, Damian Williams is out for Sunday's games. So that is uh, good for LaShawn McCoy. He's uh, on the – I know he was on the injury report earlier this uh, <clears throat> this week for his ankle. Was his ankle or his knee? I think it was his ankle. Yeah. Yeah, it was his ankle. He's uh he's marked questionable, but he's expected to play. Um, I would go start Derwin Thompson. Would you start Derwin Thompson? I think he might be a sneaky play, man. Well, not so sneaky, but I just I think I think he's a better play than McCoy. I feel like McCoy might be a trap this week going against that uh Baltimore defense, and I don't think he's gonna be using a pass game like that. So. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I still wouldn't start McCoy. I was still, if I was starting, you know, between him and Darwin, I would probably go with Darwin since they're going to have to pass. Would you start LaShawn McCoy or let's say, well, Rashad Penny is out of the game, right? Or, mm-hmm. well, he's looking like it. Would you start LaShawn McCoy or Frank Gore? Frank Gore. All right. Just too much volume he's supposed to get, man. Uh, going against a horrible rush defense. I can dig it. All right, James Conner is not on the injury report, so that is good. He's a healthy, quote-unquote healthy play for Sunday. So, of course, if you got him, you got to play him. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is noted to be, quote-unquote, a pretty good chance to play this Sunday. So, I guess you just got to keep your ears and eyes on the streets, you know what I'm saying? Just look out for what Alshon is going to do. Of course, like we said, he had that calf injury that kept him out of Sunday's night game. Ken Allen is a good to go for Sunday's game. Uh, Rashad Penny just ended up questionable um, with a hamstring injury, so that's something new. He just he wasn't on the injury report all week. He popped up just today. That's, so that's bad something. news. Yeah. yeah. Um, Never like players popping up on the injury report in the middle of the week, man. Because not the middle of the week, the last day of the week. You yeah. know what I mean? It seems like they never play when that happens. So. So for everybody who was scared about Chris Carson and the fumbles, I think we're a little safe this week. Hopefully, Chris Carson. Fire him up. Huh? Fire him up. Fire him up. Exactly. Hopefully he has a good bounce back game. David and Joku wound up on the IR, so we already know that. Uh, Bills running back. Devin Singletary is out for Sunday's game, so that's why Carlos alluded to the Frank Gore with the heavy workload is – 
pointed toward his way this Sunday. So I think Frank Gore is a sneaky play. I don't even think it's a sneaky play. I think if you're looking for good, well, we'll talk about it during the game. But I think if you're looking for a good RB two, I think he's a good play. Felt uh, gross, felt gross to say that, but I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> the immortal one, exactly. Marlon Mack uh, is appears to be working for the first time uh, this week at practice. So that's a good sign. He didn't practice all week. He was at practice today. He appeared to be practicing. So, do you start him? Uh, yeah, if he plays, I'm starting him. Going against Atlanta, and you know how they are against running back. So, and the best offense in the game, offensive line in the game. Yep, yep. Should be a favorable game script. Hopefully, it's not. Hopefully, Atlanta goes in there and beats we'll the ass. About, we'll talk about it during the all break. Right, all right. Uh, Deshaun Jackson is out this week. Cam Newton is also out this week. Uh, speaking of the Titans and uh, <clears throat> the Titans and Mariota, the Titans won't make a quarterback change at this time, reported by Sleeper. Greg Olson is playing this week. Uh, Dallas Goddard is out this week. Cortland Sutter, um, Cortland Sutton. <laughs> returned- <laughs> Damn, that's one. Cor- Cortland Sutton returned to practice this week. Uh, Jimmy Graham returned to practice this week. So those are both two good things to see. Uh I think that's about all the news and notes I got. Do anybody got anything else that I think I missed? Um, not off the top of my head, man. I think you covered it all. Sounds good to me. All right, so let's get into the games of the week. We're going to go ahead and run through the, all, each game, give you the over-under, give you the um, the line on the game, and give you our starts and sits of let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So the first game we're going to start with is Cincinnati versus the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Uh, there's a 42-point over-under. The Buffalo Bills are at home, home favorites by five points. Uh, I got Andy Dalton as a sit for me, fellas. 42-plus attempts through uh, two games, 300 yards plus in both uh, with two touchdowns. Um, but he's going against the Buffalo Bills defense, and their Buffalo Bills pass defense especially is one of the top five pass defenses in the league. So I think he's a sit for me this week. Any other Texans? I agree with that, man. They, they've given up the 29th most points to quarterbacks. Yes, sir. So you're hoping for like a shoot, you know, hoping that they get off to uh, – the Bills get off to a lead and, you know, the Cincinnati has to pass more. But that's about all. I think it's more, more other options out there. Definitely I think it's better options this week. And Andy Dalton is nothing but a stream for me anyway. Um, Josh the Great White Hope Allen, um, out of the last eight games he started, he's finished top five, four of them. And out of uh, top five, 15, six of the times, um, he's had a rushing touchdown in back-to-back weeks. Devin Singletary is out. So I think he could see uh, extra six carries this week, you know what I'm saying, six extra carries this week, and that nothing but cheat code for quarterbacks in um, fantasy. I think he's a locked-in start this week. I yeah, I like it, man. I like it. Cincinnati seems like, you know, they don't know what they're really doing on defense. They can't tackle nobody. And he's a running quarterback, so he's definitely a great play this week. Definitely. Um, Frank Gore, like we said before, he is a start this week. The 49ers um, gashed the Bengals last week for 244 yards and two touchdowns on 36 carries, and they gashed him for another 84 yards through the air and a touchdown. And Devin Singletary is out. Frank Gore is pretty much the only running back. They activated TJ Yeldon, but I don't see him. He might get a couple of the passes, but I feel like Frank Gore is going to get that volume. Like we said, I think he's a locked in RB2 at the minimum. Hopefully he gets a touchdown. But, you know, yeah. the, great white hope, the great white hope, if you haven't been looking at the Bills play, is the running back in the fucking red zone. 
Pretty much, but you know, um, Gore, for Gore, man, you're not really expecting a ceiling. And I said I'll start, I'll start him earlier, but and I would, but you know, he's just that nice, safe floor play that's going to get a lot of volume, going to get some sorry ass defense. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're looking, you're looking for, for like a locked in 10, 11, 12 points, I think he, I yeah. think, I think they can get you that great flex play. Uh, Joe Mixon is a sit for me. Uh, he's disappointed through the uh, first two games. Uh, it could be because he was hurt, but I don't know. And he's not against a good matchup against the Buffalo Bills. Like I said before, they have allowed the 13th most fantasy points to uh, running back. So that's still within the top 15. So I think they're a good defense, especially against a we-don't-know Joe Mixon. Um, and yeah. they're behind a wounded offensive line. Yeah, they got to they gotta fix those penalties, man. I went back and watched that game last week, and Joe Mixon broke off like Three or four chunk plays, man, and they all got called back. So that definitely put a damper on his day. So, you know, if they don't fix them penalties going against this tough defense, then he's, you know, going to be in for another rough day, man. So I think they're missing three of their starting offensive linemen also. Yep. Uh, that's that's ugly. If they say he's fully healthy, he will get some volume. So I don't, even think, I don't think he's going to get that volume. I think they're going to be playing from behind after, like, the second quarter. But he did get a lot of targets, so that is something to look at. Um, but I, I'm I, would sit him, I would sit him if, if like, if I had options. Like, if you if you had two other competent running backs, like if you had a, a whatever, whoever your other RB one is, and maybe a Matt Burita. Like, I would start Matt Burita over Joe Mixon this week. Yeah, I think I would too. Yeah, that sounds about good. Everybody don't have a Burita. I'm, I'm stuck with Miles Sanders. But <laughs> but yeah, with uh Mixon, it's just I'm, I just really want to see the game script, how they tend to utilize him. You haven't had, you haven't got opportunity to see how the new head coach is trying to utilize mixing much because of the injury and playing from behind. So that's all I'm really hoping for this week. So you can get an idea of what I got John Ross as a start um, coming into this week. He is the number six wide receiver and half point PPR um, so I think you just have to start him this week. He's put up back to back good weeks, even though last week he had that that fluke touchdown. I won't even call it a fluke, but the last minute garbage touchdown. Yeah, but he still had eight plus targets in each game. Um, yeah, has a has a tough matchup. Yeah, I was just Davius yeah. White, but I mean the volume can overcome a lot of those tough matchups. So and he's faster yeah. than Davius exactly. White, exactly, and he has the ability to break a long touchdown on any play. So I think he comes. I'm down to earth just a bit this week. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, of course you're not expecting the 20-point games every week, but I think you just – at least he, he's earned a flex play at this point. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think we've seen that Andy Dalton is going to throw the ball until his arm falls off. Like, regardless if, if they're interceptions or not, you know what I'm saying, that doesn't mean, like, you have to start him. But I just think he's still going to throw the ball no matter what. So, like I said, it's 42-plus attempts in each game. So, the ball is, the ball is going to be in the air. Who's going to catch the ball? John Ross sometimes, the Bills sometimes, other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I also uh, got uh, Tyler Eifert as a sit. Got yeah. saved by a touchdown last week. And, you know, you got to – that's really what you're banking on this week if you play him again. He's matched up with Micah Hyde, who's grading out as a 77. Um, so Definitely. We expected Evan Ingram to have a big game last week, and he got held to eight targets with 48 yards against exactly. the Bills. And Eifert hasn't looked healthy this year. Or, or like the old him. 
right. I mean, he's looked all right to me. He just, I mean, he's not not coming out of. He's always break. been like a red zone, you know, threat. He's never really been a, a type of tight end to just get a whole bunch of yards on you. So I mean, last week he had like have, seven yards. So yeah, he used to average more than seven yards. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely more than seven. But the New York Jets are at the New England Patriots. Gillette Stadium, 46 point over under. The Patriots are favored by 18 points. So it's going to be another one of those blowout games. Tom Brady is a start. He's playing on fire right now. Like, I can't even believe that. Like, in fantasy, like, he's playing on fire in fantasy and in real life. <laughs> yeah. Last year, he averaged 30 passes and 250 yards and two touchdowns against Tom, I mean, against the Jets. So, of course, he's going to start Tom Brady. I got uh, whoever the Jets quarterback is, sit him. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, oh, she. Oh, she. Get it? <laughs> oh, uh, Robbie Anderson is a sit for me. He's playing against Stephon Gilmore, so he's going to be locked down. Uh, James Crowder, Jamison Crowder is probably a start for me, maybe like in a deep flex if you have to start him. He, nah, he got I disagree with that, man. He only got six targets last week, and that's really yeah, that's the only thing. I mean, but he, the ball has to go somewhere if Robbie Anderson is uh, getting shadowed by Stephon Gilmore the whole game. Yeah. So, I mean, Ball going to Le'Veon Bell. He took the words right out of my mouth. The Patriots <laughs> take the the number one um, target for the opponent away. So I don't think Le'Veon Bell is going to have his biggest game as people say. I mean, of course you got to start him if you got him, but I definitely think Jameson Crowder will see a little bit more than six targets this game, especially with Chris Hernan not being back. Now, uh, uh, side note: if Chris Hernan is on the waiver wire right now, I would suggest you go get him. Because this is the last week. He, uh, he had one more week. So before yeah, he got a bye week next week. So he'll be back week five. So definitely if you want to like, if you don't have a tight end, a dependable tight end, and you want to like sit on one, I definitely think Chris Hernan is one to sit on. Um, Paul, sir. But speaking back to the Le'Veon thing, like I, I definitely don't think his ceiling is going to be reached today. Because like you're, they are going to like, you know, game plan to stop Le'Veon. Mm-hmm. But with 31 touches last week, I think his four is safe with that volume. So, no, oh, yeah, that's like I said. You got to start him if you got him. I'm just saying, I, I I wouldn't expect a big game like how you said, just because James and Crowder not gonna get no points and Robbie Anderson like Le'Veon gonna get all the touches. Like he might get 30 touches and they, and I don't think he gets 100 yards out of those touches. Like I think you're still gonna be depending on one of those touchdowns and hopefully he gets a couple targets in the air. But I don't think you're missing, like, huh? You missing he. The last two weeks, he has averaged 10 targets. So. The last two weeks, he also hasn't played against the Patriots. Over, over, under on 15 points for Le'Veon Bell this week and half PPR. Under right. 15. Yeah, I think he, uh, I think he, that's about where he probably will finish at his 15. Yeah, that's what I feel. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. I'm just saying under just to be objective. So, but yeah, 15. 15 sounds about right. Yeah. Um, Sony Michelle is the start for me. Uh, he's only capable. He's only is uh, capable. You know what I'm saying? Last uh, week, 12 last year, he had 21 touches for 133 yards and a touchdown against the Jets. Um, he's averaging 15 carries a game now. The first game didn't go as planned, but the Pittsburgh run defense have shown to be stout uh, two weeks in a row. So I don't think that was by him. I think it was just by the defense would happen to be better because last week he went off against the Miami Dolphins, which everybody does. But I also think he's just uh, in line. Because I looked at the touch splits, uh, Sony Michelle is getting 21, Burkhead is getting seven, James White is getting six, and Devlin, the little fullback, I don't know how to say his name, James is getting, Devlin. Yeah, he's getting two. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, he he's benefiting from these hot, you know, these game scripts, great game scripts for them, man. So he's going to be in the red zone a lot. He's going to get these goal line touches. But he's been kind of struggling running between the tackles, man. This dude hasn't broken a tackle all year, like literally not one. So, but that, but that's also play him this week. They've been running him up the middle like all year. They haven't. I, don't, I haven't seen him on any like scratch plays or like trying to get outside of the tackles. I've only seen him running between the guards, really. Yeah, I just, but, but with all those help. options out there on the on the perimeter, it just seems like he should have some lanes to run through, man. And I don't know. Hopefully, it you know if it you know fixes itself and he starts you know. Breaking some tackles and looking better, but you know you still got to play him because of those goal line touches, and he's going to get the volume. But yeah. you know, just something to I, note. I also got James White as a start. I feel like he's a safe start this week. I feel like I, I don't know what's a game you can sit James White. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. I you know I was playing with fire last week starting him. You know he came he's through with that. He me out with a touchdown, but yeah. in these games where they're favored by twenty points like this, man, it's. I, I got him as a sit, man. I got him as a sit. I might, you know, start him just as a flex play, but if I have other options, I might go with them. All right. With AB going out and all them, you know, so, you know, they're not going to be trying to target him. I think they go I back. I feel like AB targets are going back to James White. Yeah. 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 We'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, of course, I got start Josh Gordon and um, Julian Edelman this week. Yeah, I agree. AB is not being there anymore. At first, I had to sit Julian Edelman, but with the new AB news, I think you can start Julian Edelman safely again. Yep. Yep. The Miami, the Miami Dolphins go to Jerry World. Uh, it's a forty-seven and a half point over under. Dallas is expected to win by twenty-one points. I got real quick. All Miami people sit him. Uh, sit him. Dak, you want to start him? He's currently the number two fantasy quarterback. Who and you got him after the tenth round too? If you was listening to me, uh, playing the Dolphins, who have allowed forty-three of fifty-four passing, uh, six hundred and forty-three yards, eight touchdowns, no interceptions, and they just lost arguably, well, one of their top two defensive players, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. So I feel like fire up all Cowboys players. At this point, except maybe Amari Cooper, I think he might you need might need to temper your expectations. Uh, he's playing against Xavier Howard, uh, the the second best, well not the second best, but like the other great player on the Miami, the last great player on the Miami defense is uh, he's only allowed two catches and seventeen yards this whole year, so he's been the bright spot. So I think Amari Cooper might have a rough day on Sunday, but definitely Devin Smith is a sneaky start. Randall Cobb, I think, is a good flex play and. Jason, even Jason Witten, I think he's a good streamer this week. Yeah, man. Um, Devin, that's who I got it for my starts. But Devin Smith, man, especially in, like, DFS. But if you're, like, in a pinch, this dude has the top matchup this week. Um, going against Eric Rowe, has a 40, he has a 41-point grade from PFF and has given up almost a point um, per route so far. So, and you know, he's a burner. He got, you know, lo- he got loose on one of the uh, scores last week, had like a long touchdown, and now he's going to have a whole complement of snaps. So, kind of, you know, I kind of like him this week, man. I remember you mentioned yeah, him last episode, Gabe, and I really wasn't too hip to him, man, but I went back and, you know, looked at the numbers and stuff and looked at the tape, and that dude, he looked pretty good. Yeah, I think he's a start. And I said I got him as a start, especially with Amari Cooper going against Xavier Howard. Yeah. Oh, we saw what Xavier Howard did to Josh Gordon uh, last week, so. Yeah, definitely one of them upside plays. Like if you had a player Thursday night that didn't do too good, 
might want to stick um, Devin Smith in your flex just for that upside, you know. Definitely. It's, yeah, yeah. Is that, what time do they play? Uh, I think one o'clock. Oh man, I, I love when like Dallas plays late. Well, uh, they usually do. They usually play around. Yeah, they usually 4 play like four o'clock. They usually the four o'clock game. They're like, man, let's just get this game over with, man. Yeah, Eastern time. <laughs> I don't want to see that shit. <laughs> um, the Oakland Raiders go to the <clears throat> the Minnesota Vikings home. Forty two and a half point over under. Minnesota is favored by seven and a half. I think that's a little high. Uh, Derek Carr is a sit for me. Uh, he's playing against Minnesota at home, and nobody plays good against Minnesota at home, as Matt Ryan. Um, I got Kirk Cousins. I think he's a good stream this week. Um, if you got one of the top quarterbacks like that we mentioned in the episode that we think is your sit, i.e. Baker Mayfield, we'll get to that later. Um, last week, he looked bad under pressure. <clears throat> uh, he was Sixty-five and a half percent of he got pressured on sixty-five and a sixty-five point seven percent of his dropbacks through the two weeks. Uh, he was pressured sixty point nine percent of the time. The only other QB to be pressured over forty-five percent of the time is Deshaun Watson. So that's that's kind of I thought the offensive line was good because they make holes for Dalvin Cooks. When I, so when I was looking that up, I thought that was crazy. But the Raiders only pressured Pat Mahomes eight out of 46 times. I mean, eight out of 46 of his dropbacks. And that secondary has given up pretty big plays to Sutton, uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarcus Robinson and Miko Harmon. So yes. I think that Kirk Cousins is a good play this week, along with his two wide receivers. I also think if Diggs don't show up this week, man, I think it's about time to start talking about Diggs, too. Yeah, he had seven targets, only caught one of them, but he did have a touchdown callback. I think this is a – I mean, really, both him and Thielen haven't really hit their ceiling yet. So, Definitely. you know what I mean? This could be – Mulligan with the eight, eight uh, attempts. Yeah, ten attempts. The yeah, but uh, definitely could be a get right game for both of them. They both have super great matchup. You just talked about who just thrashed them in the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. You got Gary and Conley matched up with Diggs, and you got uh, Darian Worley who is matched up with Thielen, and they're both ranked 60 or below according to PFF. Yeah, I got also got, of course, you're going to start Dalvin Cook. I got Tyrell Williams as a sit. He's going to be matched up against Xavier Rose for most of the day. So that's going to be a long day for him. Hope he packs his lunch. I got, of course, you're going to start Darren DeWaller. Um, Josh Jacobs is a thing to talk about. Uh, he posted something on Instagram and said he was sick. Uh, apparently he's lost. I don't know why they mention this in the news, but apparently he lost 10 pounds. Uh, he's sick. I don't know if that means he's going to start, but apparently – like, I don't know what to think about Josh Jacobs. And they take him out a lot on third down. But I don't know if that was because he was hurt. Because at first he went out with a groin injury. But now they're saying that he's, like, like sick. I don't like what kind of – like an illness. You know what I mean? Like a stomach virus or something, something crazy that make you lose 10 pounds. Yeah. Um, he did get in a limited uh, practice today. So I think he'll play. But just how effective he'll be, yeah, that remains to be seen. This doesn't look like a good game for Oakland player. Waller looks good. Uh, he he received zero targets, so that I, I just think that's something. That, I don't know. I don't know if that's due to him being hurt or what. Or uh, what? I would sit. I would sit Josh Jacobs if I definitely yeah. if I could. Yeah. Sit him. I agree. If I could, but you know, I, a lot, a lot of people might not be able to do that. Yeah, a lot of people probably can't. Um, the Dirty Birds. The Atlanta up, baby? go to Indianapolis. 
Indianapolis Colts home, a 47 and a half point over under Indianapolis is favored by two and a half. I got Matt Ryan as a start. Um, even though he's leading the league in interceptions, uh, he threw one in, I mean, three in one game. So that's just the reference that he's still throwing at least 300 yards and three touchdowns uh, last week. And uh, the week before he threw another 300 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, the o- the O-line has definitely been the weak spot. Um, he's top five in time to throw the ball with two sec- 2.4 seconds. Uh, that's compared to Ryan. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who gets a whole 3.16 seconds. So that's like worse than the worst team on the like football. Yeah, and he's yeah. still putting up 300 yards. Uh, those are next gen stats, too. Just also, yeah. I got him from. Also, he leads all QBs in end zone throws. Mm. So, you know, that's, you know, that's a great stat for me when evaluating quarterbacks because that's the easiest. Or the you know the easiest way to you know get points if you're throwing into the end zone. So as long as that continues, he's an every week start for me. Yeah, I think as soon as the running game gets going too, it'll be a better. Like I think it'll be a better thing for uh, Matt Ryan because he's having to throw the ball a lot because I think he hasn't had the run game to depend on. So once you get like an even balance of Devonta Freeman. Uh, speaking of Devonta Freeman, I have him as a start this week. Uh, he's played two of the toughest front sevens, I think, in back-to-back weeks, uh, the Vikings and the Eagles, two of arguably, if not two of the top three, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, he's faced eight-man uh, plus in the box just 21% of the time uh, he gets the ball. The Colts are also giving up <clears throat> five and a half yards per carry. Uh, that's six most in the league. Uh, they're also giving up 8.36 yards per target to running backs. That's fourth most in the league, so... I got written down on my stats. Uh, like, if it's not Devonta Freeman this week, then I think he's another one of those people we're gonna have to have a conversation about. Definitely, I got the same thing in my notes, man. If you can't get going against Indianapolis, who I don't think is a bad defense. Yeah, they're not or, bad, but it like, but they, they they can be, you know, beat on the ground. So this is the, this is this is like it's not a, a scary. Well, it's a, I mean, they're not a bad front seven, but it's not the Vikings and the Eagles. Like, you should yeah. have a. He's a, a a high RB two, low RB one game. I'm not expecting like a thirty point game or nothing, but you gotta you gotta perform. I I'm just don't understand why Edo's yeah. getting so many touches. It's a watch for me, bro, because Freeman hasn't looked as explosive as Edo has looked with his touches to me. So it's a watch for me on Freeman. Yeah, Edo is also not playing against twenty one percent. I mean, against. Uh, eight men in the box, though. As, as much as, as it sounds, it might, you know, might begin some more touches coming soon because he's producing oh. more with his. I think that's fantasy. I think when people look at the fantasy wise, they, they see that, but I don't think he real- break tackles. Freeman can't even break a tackle. I don't that's why it's a Kobe Brissett as a stream. Uh, the Falcons defense did look good last week against uh, Carson Wentz. But they will be going against the the best O line in the game probably, so they won't be able to put as much pressure as as they did against Carson Wentz. But PFF graded the Philadelphia line before the season as the number one offensive line, and the Falcons put a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz last week. So yes, I just yes, never. Did. So you never know. The um, Brissett also ran the ball seven times last week compared to his three oh. times the first uh the first week. He hasn't thrown the ball over 200 yards. That could possibly change against the Falcons because everybody throws over 200 yards against the Falcons. But um, I think he definitely is a good stream this week if you're looking for a, another quarterback option. Um, 
I think he has high QB2 floor, maybe like a QB1 sneak in there. Hopefully yeah. not. And when you but, watch them play, it seems like they're running the ball a lot. Yeah. And then when they get to the red zone, yeah, that's when they let you know right. let him throw a little more because he has five touchdowns through two games. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, plays to your point of him just being a high floor play. How many uh, – T.Y. got like at least three of them, right? I think – yeah, he had two of them on the first week, and uh, I had another one last week, I believe. Yep. I got him as a start this week. I got Marlon Mack as a start this week if he plays, of course. Uh, he, he did. You plan you – if he don't, would you play Hines or Wilkins? No. I would play Wilkins if maybe Wilkins and like a, if I needed like a running back, but if I if I could like do without, I wouldn't. He broke he broke a long ass run last week, man, and you know the offensive line is great. They're expected to be controlling this game, so and they're playing at home, so I think he's a pretty good flex play. But I think uh, Max gonna end up playing. He, he got a limited practice today, so. I don't know, man. The Falcons looked pretty good against Philadelphia last week too. Wow. Yeah. Whole 360. Um, I just need to see them do it more than once before I consider them a good run defense, though, because I've seen them be so bad like before. I, um, I got Austin Hooper as a start for me. Dirt Cutter, like I've been saying, has proved to be like the tight end guru. <laughs> uh, I think, um, well, I don't think he's seen 15 targets through two games, so I think his uh floor is there. I definitely think you can start him comfortably. I think you sit Ebron and Doyle this week. The Falcons were taking tight ends last year, and they are good this year. Also holding um, they hold, they held Ertz last week Sunday night to 72 yards and no touchdowns, and he had 16 targets. So that just shows you uh, 0.89 PPR points per targets the Falcons are allowed to tight ends. Yeah, I got a I got him flip flopped. I got Hooper. As I said, even though, like, just basically that means temper for, for Hooper because he is getting the volume. But he does have a pretty tough matchup with Gathers, who uh, held Delaney Walker in check last week. Um, Ebron, I, I don't know. I think I think um, he's a nice little streamer this week as a good shot of getting a touchdown. Ricardo Hallen hasn't graded out too good, uh, according to PFF. So no, I wouldn't mind using him as a streamer. 0.89 PPR points per target to tight ends, bro. Yeah, but you know that, that offense just didn't look in the NFL out of rhythm. Weeks. Yeah, that's the third lowest ranked in the NFL through two weeks. Yeah, and Ty looked like the red zone guy for right now. The the tight end, I mean the touchdown to Ebron was like a little shuttle type play, screen type thing. I don't think he's. I don't think you want to play any other Colts uh, tight ends with confidence right now against I'm the Falcons. We shall see. Baltimore plays the Kansas City Chiefs, probably the game of the week. 55 point over under the Kansas City Chiefs are expected to win by six and a half points. Uh, definitely got Mark Jackson as a start. The Chiefs have allowed 70.4 completion rate through two games, and the Ravens will probably be playing in a comeback position, so they probably be throwing the ball a lot. Uh, definitely start Patrick Mahomes. I think you start uh, Marcus. Mark Ingram, I think you, you probably don't have no choice, but I think this this could be the week we see Justice Hill because they're expected to play from behind, and I don't know if Mark Ingram will get the targets that Justice Hill is expected to get, or we're going to see if he's going to get the targets this week. You know what I mean? I think this is the week we're going to see. He's another one of those guys we'll have a conversation about if he don't perform, I believe. Definitely, man. I'm, I'm tempering with Ingram for that reason. Um, I don't think he's going to be used too much in the past game if they do end up having, you know, to come back. So mm-hmm. got to start them. 
because of that high over under, but I'm tempering expectation this week. I can agree, but I feel like everybody in that passing game, you can start Hollywood, uh, Boykins, and Andrews, Mark Andrews. No. I don't know about Boykins. I don't know about Boykins. Start the other two. With them playing from behind, he's going to see some targets. Yeah, he ain't really been doing that yet, though. He's been dropping the ball a lot. Um, I got the Chiefs running back. You don't really know which one is going to start, so I think it's going to be a game-time decision. I, I don't, um, like you said before, I don't know if LaShawn McCoy will get uh, all the targets like that, so it might be a trap. Yeah. I, I don't know. Me, personally, I don't think I'm starting LaShawn McCoy this week. I have him as LaShawn McCoy on my team. I'm not starting LaShawn McCoy this week. Um, I thought I would be a little bit more happy about it, but the news of him being on the injury report is just with the ankle and like it's like ah. The injury report and Baltimore giving up the least amount of points to running backs. I yeah. think he's a trap. A lot of people are going to be looking to start him because Damian Williams is out, but like we said earlier, I think Darwin Thompson might be the play here. Mark Andrews is a start. He's averaging 4.68 yards per target, leading all tight ends. And <clears throat> The Kansas City Chiefs have allowed, allowed 17 targets to tight ends. That's the most in the league this year. So, of course, he's probably going to have another monster game. Yes. Uh, Travis Kelsey also a start, too. Yep. Also got um, Watkins as a start. Came down to earth last oh, week. Got, he led yeah, the team uh, in targets. I got all Chiefs wide receivers. Yeah, definitely. Well, not, except except uh, Demarcus Robinson. I have oh, him yeah. as a sit. Going against really? Marlon Humphrey, had a uh, he's graded out as an eighty point five according to PFF, and I just don't see no reason for Mahomes to force it when you know you got better matchups around. They him. might move the ball. They might move them around though. I don't know, man. I think like with the it's up in the air. You never know which which one of them gonna have the big game. I'm gonna start whichever one I got. Uh, I like a lot of players besides the running backs in these games. I like McCoy as a flex play. Y'all y'all kind of down on it, but as a flex play, I feel like he'll do good as a flex play. So Demarcus Robinson or Marvin Jones against the Eagles? Demarcus Robinson. What an upside. Demarcus Robinson or Terry McLaurin? Terry McLaurin. Nah, Demarcus Robinson. uh, Washington playing Chicago, right? Yeah. 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 Demarcus Robinson. All right. Yeah. Denver Denver is playing the Green. I know why you did that. Denver is playing Green Bay, 43 uh, point over under. Green Bay is favorited by eight points. Joe Flacco is a sit for me. Green Bay's defense definitely looks improved. Um, they don't look to be played with this year. I just don't think Joe Flacco will be consistent enough. Um, Aaron Rodgers definitely is a start. Aaron Jones is a start, especially with Jamal Williams with the injury news. Did we mention that? Uh, no, we didn't. I forgot about that. Oh, Jamal Williams popped up on the injury report, so that's oh, That's gold. the fantasy gods looking out for us. Because of that dumbass LaFleur talking about some, yeah, we want to give uh, Jamal Williams more touches, even though Aaron Jones just fucking went the fuck off last week. But, yeah, let's give this other guy some more touches. They yeah. want to keep Aaron Jones fresh for the playoffs. What is this, rec football? <laughs> what, what are you doing? The Broncos The Broncos are a good run defense, though. I do like don't want to make it seem like Aaron Jones is just going to have – I mean, hopefully he gets the volume to have a great day, but – the Broncos are allowing 3.47 yards per carry. That's pretty low, and they've only allowed four catches for 41 yards through two weeks to running backs. Um, so that's just something to look at. But a bright point is that during um, Aaron Jones' breakout week, he did face eight-man fronts 30% of the time, and he still had over, you know what I'm saying, 100 yards 
total. So that's that's good for Aaron Jones. Uh, I think he's an RB two this week. Yeah. Going back to your Rogers statement, you know, you got to start him, but he's another temper for me. He just doesn't look healthy for some reason. Like he does, you know, he had like 14 points last week. He went against a tough defense the first week and didn't perform too good. Mm. Um, he's going to give you a high floor. He's not going to turn the ball over. So you got to start him, but averaging only 14 and a half points through two games, you might have to temper expectations a little bit. I got you. Uh, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, uh, Pretty much just a split back to is just that's what you I don't even know how you describe that like the RBC like that is what it is yeah uh, they, yeah they're, they're two touches while Freeman has uh, twenty seven uh, Lindsay has played seventy two snaps while Freeman has played seventy one Lindsay has ran forty one routes while Freeman has ran thirty seven uh, the odd part uh, not even the odd part but like. It's 55, I mean, it's 50-50, like, down even to the red zone, uh, four red zone carries for Phillip Lindsay, three red zone carries for Royce Freeman. I think you just play whichever one you got at this point. Play him in the if you can. I, 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 I want to play him. I think I'm going to play him. I got him as a sit this week, actually. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, if I had to pick I one, I would, I would actually go with Royce because he's been playing a little better than um, Lindsay. But I was, I'm probably going to sit him if I can. But I really am interested to see, like, this game. Like, if Royce outperforms him again, I want to see if they, you know, kind of hand the reins a little more over to Royce because this is what they drafted him for. So, we'll see. Do you know who the number three uh, wide receiver in fantasy is? The guy that just broke his – or tore his goddamn Achilles, man. What the hell? was Sanders. Ballin'. Uh, Right now, he has 20 targets through the first two weeks. Uh, so clearly, that's all Joe Flacco sees. Um, he doesn't have a great matchup. Like I said before, that Packers defense is great, but he's the number three wide receiver in fantasy. So he plays the slot, right? He plays. I think they, they move him. They're moving him all over the field when I watched him play. Okay. Well, according according to my notes, he's going to be matched up with Kevin plays King. In the slot, uh, predominantly though. Yeah, Cor- Cor- but Cortland Sutton is uh, on the injury. Uh, List, so you never know. He might be out, but I think he'll, he'll probably play Sunday. I didn't see anything that said he won't play. He's still questionable, though. Yeah. Going to be Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, he's go, he's getting volume. So, and with him playing at this level, like he just torched the Chicago Bears mm-hmm. last week. So he's an automatic start for me. And Kevin King is not no nothing to really run away from. So I don't know, man. Kev, Kevin King only giving up uh, 59 yards on seven targets this year. Um, and 45 of those yards were to Stephon Diggs on that touchdown play. Yeah. So I don't know. He, I mean, he's not, he's not a slouch. I think he'll be seeing Cortland Sutton in a lot though. So hopefully that's a good thing for Emmanuel Sanders. Hopefully they'll uh, move him away from, I don't think you definitely, I don't think you want to throw at Kevin King though. I wouldn't personally. Uh, Devontae Adams is a start for me. MVS is also a start for me. He will be matched up against Isaiah, Isaac Yadom. Who has given up 12 uh, for 13 passing for 148 yards through two touchdowns, allowing 104.9 QPR rating when targeted. So I definitely think he's a, gr- a great start this week. I got Allison as a sit for me. What about you? Um, yeah, he's just he got a, he got saved by that touchdown last week, but it just doesn't seem like he's part of that game plan too much. So, yeah, he's a it, sit it for me. It doesn't seem like any of them, but except Adam. Yeah. No, I got I like MVS this week. 
You don't like to see to see. I feel like it's 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 based on the defense. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to find that matchup like everybody else did. He's allowing a hundred and four point nine QPR rating when targeted. I, I think Aaron Rodgers has seen that. If I seen it, Aaron Rodgers has seen it. Yeah, they move and they move him like he does play some get some snaps in the slot, and but he also plays on the right, so he will see some Chris Harris. So you're hoping to. Um, you know, he gets most of his production and why he's in the slot because they don't have Chris Harris playing the slot no more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris Harris. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Chris Harris is going to be uh, covering Devontae Adams. He's going to like he's shadowing now. He's been shadowing for the first two games. Mm-hmm. But I think Devontae Adams is still a start no matter what, because like yeah. he just chopped up Xavier Rose last week. Like he wasn't the best one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Detroit plays the Philadelphia Eagles, a uh, 48 point over under. The Philadelphia Eagles are expected to win by seven points. Matt Stafford is a start for me. Case Keenum and Matt Ryan have both finished uh, top 10 each, uh, throwing for at least 320 yards with three touchdowns. Woo! So that and, Philadelphia uh, secondary is uh, lunch meat. Yes, and bro. to add on top of that, to give a little data, 88% of all defensive yardage has been passing yards for Philadelphia, which rank as the second highest. And opposing teams have passed the ball 75% of the time so far against Philly this year. Mm-hmm. So you know what that sounds like, fire up almost damn near everybody on the whole team. Yep, yep. Um, I got Marvin Jones as a start this week. Hasn't really came through. In the first two weeks, man, but like I said, they're just giving up so many points to these outside receivers. It's kind of hard not to. I got T.J. Hawkinson as a sit, though. Uh, the Eagles have allowed T.J. Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. Me too. The Eagles have allowed 10 uh, tight end touchdowns over the last 50 games. And yep. to add, I like what you said, Carlos. Um, Marvin Jones going to be matched up against Ronald Darby. And so far, he has allowed 10 catches for 154 yards and two TDs so far this year. So this may be the week to go ahead and start Marvin Jones, like you said. Starving Marvin. Carry on our wayward sit. I think you definitely want to sit, carry on Johnson. Uh, the Eagles have only allowed 82 yards on 28 carries through two games. Uh, and that's to Devontae Freeman and DJ Johnson. David, David Johnson. Missed it, bro. Uh, uh, they they allowed 15 receptions and 148 yards through the air, though, to uh, running backs. So that's where Carrion could shine in. But I don't think Carrion is a three-down back because they keep taking him out on third down. Yeah, yeah. Cut, cut CJ Anderson, but with Ty Johnson back there, it's, we're going to see how they use him, man, because he has been looking pretty good out there. So, it's, yeah, it's an interesting week. Yeah, uh, how do y'all feel about uh, Nelson Aguilar? Nelson, I think you start him. Yeah, he should get him some some value with Deshaun Jackson being out. Uh, he had a pretty good game last week, and he dropped. I believe he dropped it. Dropped um, the game winning touchdown. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Miles Sanders, though, Miles Sanders, the snaps are starting to uh, clear up a little bit more. Uh, the first week, of course. Uh, through the first two weeks, uh, the snap counts is Sanders with 70, Sproles with 50, Howard with 35, the touch count, Sanders 25, Howard 17, Sproles 14. Uh, the Lions have allowed 212 yards and a touchdown on 43 carries, 4.93 yards per carry. Who? 
And they have given up 13 receptions for 132 yards and a touchdown. That's the sixth most in fantasy. Um, Fire up Sanders. Thank you. I think, yeah, I think if Sanders don't, like I said before, if Sanders don't do it, I think we got to have that on the next episode, man. That got to be one of the segments. Uh, people we got to talk about. You know what I'm saying? If they don't do it after three weeks, we're going to have to talk about it. We're going to have to have to bring them to justice. Um, set up nice, man, but he hasn't really been looking too that's good. What I'm saying. It's set up nice. That's what I'm saying. If it's not this game, then I'm bouncing a lot of runs to the outside where he doesn't need to. Right. The receiving options are depleted. Like we said before, we don't know if Alshon is going to play and Deshaun Jackson is uh, definitely out. So I definitely think uh, the running backs will be used a lot more. So I think the game script is uh, in line for them. They're going to be up by uh, they plan to w- uh, plan to win. They're at home. If it's not this game, we're going to have to talk about them. <laughs> uh, of course, you're going to stack Zach, uh, Zach Ertz too, because he's just going to be a beast. Um, the Carolina Panthers are playing the Arizona Cardinals, 46 and a half point over under Carolina's expected to win by two and a half points. Cam Newton is out, so when I wrote my notes, he was in, but whatever. Uh, Kyle Allen is the backup. Uh, he started one game last year seven, uh, week, in Week 17 where he played the Saints. Uh, he went 16 for 27, 228 yards, and two touchdowns. So, I mean, um, he looks competent at least, so there's that. Do you, uh, I got Kyle Murray as a start with caution. Uh, he's had 650. I know Carlos is going to rebuttal. I know one of y'all are not going to like it, but uh, he's had 657 uh, yards through the air, but he's only averaging seven yards per attempt. Uh, he's had 2.13% touchdown rate. That's gross. And he's only rushed for 17 yards with no touchdowns. Uh, the Panthers has have been like out since last Thursday. So they've been had, they got 10 games to, to prepare for uh, Kyler Murray. Um, they've been <clears throat> they've been solid uh, through two games against premier offenses, offenses that I think are better than the Arizona Cardinals and the uh, Los Angeles Rams, and they played the Tampa Bay Broncos. They only uh, given up 396 yards and two touchdowns through Tampa two Bay. Who? <laughs> when I say Tampa Bay Broncos, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, giving up 396 yards and two touchdowns combined. And they held Sean McVay's offense to 4.8 yards per attempt. And they only allowed 27 rush yards last year to running quarterbacks. Um, like I said, I think Kyler Murray, you probably have to start him if you drafted him. But I definitely think he's a start with caution this week. Yeah. After what he did against Baltimore last week, man, I'm, I'm firing up every week from now on. I hear yeah. You. Because I, I think he eventually is going to have to start running. But uh, like they have you? been struggling when they got into the red zone, and I think you know that that's something that they're looking at. So I can see him running more, especially when they get to the end zone. And like I mentioned on the last episode, being tied for with second with seven end zone throws, I feel like those are going to eventually start connecting. So yeah, I'm, he's every week start for me. I just think that Panthers it, defense can't be worse than the uh, Ravens defense. It has, I, even though his numbers were down last week, like but. Calamari numbers were down from the first week. He did look better with the throws, being more on time, and getting people in space and open. So, um, I also have CMC definitely as a start. DJ as a start. I got DJ Moore as a start too. He's definitely showed me. Yeah, he is the one alpha, and I don't know if 
Curtis Samuel is even the one Bravo anymore, especially with the the backup quarterback playing. Uh, did you know that DJ Moore is on pace to get 198 targets, 128 receptions, 1,320 yards? Um, he's doing that all this with a sub uh, subpar quarterback. Uh, he's going to be seeing a lot of uh, Byron Matthew Byron Murray. The, um, he's allowed seven targets for 92 yards and a touchdown on 13 targets, so he's been getting torched up. I think DJ Moore is a solid wide receiver too. I yeah, would man. say that, that, he's uh, the real deal, man. He's good. The more you know, underneath guy, but Curtis Samuel has been open on his routes and and killing these DBs. Cam Newton just has not been able to give him the ball. So yeah. I will go to say that I can't just clearly say DJ Moore is the superior talent because Curtis Samuels has been open a lot. Yeah, DJ oh, yeah, average depth of target target is eight point eight yards, while Curtis Samuel is like fourteen point nine. Right, Cam can't go that far right now, so I can't go. Told me that Cam could throw that far. Well, in terms of fantasy, I feel like Carter, he is a superior player right now. Okay, yeah, I agree. I um, also got Greg Olson as a you know a super duper start this week. Yep. Um, going against Arizona, you you see what Hawkinson and Andrews did against these guys, man. Like they are getting gashed by tight ends. Olson yep. had a great game last week, and I think that's going to continue this week. That's why I got Larry Fitz as a start. Also, you seen what Chris got Goodwin did last week, eight for 121 and a touchdown against him. They both played in the slot. I also think Kurt, uh, Christian Kurt. Is a safe flex play this week. Yeah, yep. he's, he's, he's finally targets. They get the targets, and now those targets are finally turning into catches. So it's coming. To yeah, got, it seemed like they were. It took a little while to get their chemistry together, man. But like they finally clicked last week, man, because he wasn't looking too good. But yeah, he, he looked great last week. The New York Giants are playing the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. <laughs> there we go. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they are Tampa Bay Buccaneers are favored by six and a half points. Daniel Jones is now the starting quarterback for the New York Giants. Eli Manning was benched earlier this week, so we're gonna see if he has that um that preseason magic still going on. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are good defense this year. They allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks this year. Uh, so I think that. Daniel Jones is a sit for me. Uh, Jameis Winston is a start for me. Uh, the Giants have faced 62 pass attempts through two weeks, which uh, ranks as the eighth fewest in the uh, league. But despite that, they only they allowed third most passing yards and the fifth most touchdowns with uh, 658 and five touchdowns and 10.61 yards per attempt <clears throat> ranked as the third highest in football behind only the Dolphins and the Bengals. So if Jameis Wentz doesn't do it this week either, he got to come talk to me. Yeah, they're not yeah, forcing no yeah. type of pass rush, pass rush against quarterbacks. And their coverage sucks too. So, yeah, you, you got to do it. This this is definitely a get-right game. And he didn't hurt you last week, but I think this week he could definitely hit that ceiling. If he make Mike Evans, who I have as a start this week, and Chris Godwin as a start this week, uh, and Mike Evans going against uh, Janoris Jenkins, who was allowed nine out of 12 passes. Uh, he's been on coverage for 94 yards, so it's just far from like being shut down, I believe. 
And if he gets lined up against DeAndre Baker, who gets demolished, who's allowed 272 yards and two touchdowns on 13 targets, the uh, rookie first rounder out of Georgia, who just doesn't look like a good NFL player in my eyes. Every time I see him, he's getting torched. So he has a like a 28 point grade, according to PFF, bro. Yes. I, I didn't even have to look at PFF. And I looked at when I was watching him, I said, wow, who is that? And who plays them next? Exactly. <laughs> they need to be made. Hopefully they're saying the same thing. Like, yo, find him and then throw it to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sterling Shepard is back this week. So that's a good, uh, that's good news. I think you can start him. He's, he's going to be one of the only targets available for Daniel Jones. Um, pay, the, the running back situation, of course, for the Giants, he's going to start Saquon Barkley, but the running back situations for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like, what do you do? Uh, Oh, no. How about this? I had a friend hit me up. He was like, should I drop Duke Johnson and pick up Peyton Barber? So I, I was just like, I don't know. It's just one week, any week. I feel like Rojo can take the carries, and I don't see Tampa Bay be, being in that position a lot this year for uh, Barber to get, what, 20-some touches to be able to get that many yards. So. Somebody is going to run the ball, that's for sure, because they're playing the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Bills tallied up 26 carries uh, with their running backs and piling up 203 yards on the ground. So somebody is going uh, – they're allowing, like, the league-leading third most rushing touchdowns, too. So somebody is going to be the one. I don't know which one. Do you start Peyton Barber if you got him? Would you ready to start Peyton Barber or LaShawn McCoy? The what? Um, you made that cupcake matchup probably yeah I would probably start Barber there Peyton Barber or Miles Sanders Miles and even with the matchups yeah I just don't I mean he's just he just he's Peyton Barber bro like (laughs) like, this guy is gonna get 20 carries and probably have 80 yards you're just hoping for a touchdown man the play had to be there. He ain't go create nothing. Yeah, he's a jag. Giants, man. The Giants. It's the Giants. Uh, Evan Ingram is a good uh, start this week. Um, oh yeah, I like. I like. Last, oh, go ahead. My bad. Uh, last week we said uh, like last week I expected him to get a lot more targets with every all wide receivers being hurt, and I still don't understand why they benched Eli because literally he, he was throwing to like nobodies. Uh, but the Bucks have allowed 14 out of 19 passes to the tight ends this year, and. Uh, George Kittle and Greg Olson <clears throat> uh, had good games where George Kittle would have had a better game if those two touchdowns weren't called back from penalties. So I definitely – we definitely just got to see does Eli Manning like him as, as much as uh, – I mean, does Daniel Jones like him as much as Eli Manning does? He, he got to go throw to him last week. Olsen had 100 yards, and then Devin White, they starting a linebacker, is going to be out this week. So he has no choice. Is he out officially? Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, why I not? I know he left the game. I don't know. I'm just asking. I know he left the game last uh, in the middle of the game last week. I I, I haven't heard anything about. It. Uh, OJ Howard is another one of those guys that has to be talked to if he doesn't play this week. Um, when he's on the field, he's getting 110 snaps, but he's blocking 60 percent of them. He's running 42 routes compared to uh, Cameron Bray, who's only running 29. So that's a good thing. He's I mean he's on the field, so the, I guess. It's going to come eventually. The Giants have allowed two touchdowns on 13 targets in 2019 to tight ends. So, I mean, like, I guess this is his last week for me, bro. 
Definitely, definitely. Uh, you see, you got some coach speak with uh, Bruce Arians and Leftwich. So, I mean, hopefully Squeaky Will gets the grease and he has a good game this week, man. Because he's too talented don't... to get zero hold targets. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. You said the what? Get the what? Squeaky Will gets the grease. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm saying. You never heard that one? You <laughs> heard that in high school, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, when a when a talented tight end like that gets zero targets, man, and you got two coaches coming out, you know, speaking about it, man, I think that you know should line up for a, at least a decent game. But zero targets, they ain't gonna cut it no more. So, hey, Carlos is trying to wheel them targets to OJ Howard. <laughs> I just don't think you never. It's weird you never heard that saying before, bro. No, I'm not talking about that. Now I'm just saying like you're trying to wheel them targets to OJ Howard because that's your boy. Yeah, I mean. Bro, he's the most one of the most efficient tight ends in history, bro. And he got zero targets last week. So now he was efficient blocking tight ends in history. Uh-huh. The way he holding that big ass hole open for Peyton Barber. Uh, anyway, the New Orleans Saints played the Seattle Seahawks, uh, forty-four point over under. The Seattle Seahawks are favored by nine. I mean, not nine, but four and a half points. Um, I got sit all of the Saints. Whoever the quarterback is going to be is apparently they're going to split. Uh, Snaps at quarterback for the Saints, so that that's gonna be something to see. Uh, start Rus- Russell Wilson. Uh, he's efficient, very efficient. Seventy-eight point two yard percent, seventy-eight point two percent completion rate. Uh, nine yards per attempt, five touchdowns. The Saints have given up nine and a half yards per attempt, uh, and the Saints have given up the seven most uh, quarterback rating with one hundred and thirteen point five. So I feel like Russell Wilson gonna have another efficient game. Um, I got Alvin Kamara as a start. I got Latavius Murray as a sit. Um, Chris Carson is a start for me. Uh, before I didn't know about the Rashad Penny nose. So, but even before that, I got um, like he fumbled the ball twice last week. But when the game was on the line, they still gave the ball to Chris Carson. Uh, he That's converted to watch. To, to seal the game. It's something to watch if you keep fumbling, no day. Definitely. I mean, definitely some, I, I, definitely to keep watch, but I feel like last week, you know what I'm saying, they set him down, they gave him a timeout, they let him come back when the game was on the line. Like, Rashad Penny was in the game, they called a timeout, and then they put Chris Carson in the game. I'm just yeah. saying, um, yeah. he um, this week, hey, it's, it's something to talk about. No, he's going to get the volume Penny this week because anyway. Penny's out, but like, like Javar yeah. just said, it's definitely something to keep watching. Uh, hopefully, Chris Carson don't fumble the ball anymore. We'll see, though. Uh, Tom Thomas is a start. I, I feel like you have to start him, even with the quarterback situation. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Lockett is a start. Uh, he's matched up against P.J. Williams, uh, who is uh, – PFF is graded 51 and a half. So that's, like, a, a great matchup for Tyler Lockett. D.K. Metcalf I got as a sit for me this week. I know he, he played good last week and got his first touchdown, but he'll be matched up against Marshawn Lattimore for most of the time this uh, <clears throat> game, and that's just not a good matchup. Marshawn Lattimore in coverage has only allowed two touchdowns on 164 targets in two years. So I know, like, people depend on the touchdown for D.K., but I don't see that coming either. Uh, Jared Cook, I also have as a sit, and Will Disley, I have as a sit. I know he put up two touchdowns last week. Um, it's just not a good matchup against the Saints, who had a number four tight end, number four team against tight ends in 2018. And this year, they only have given up six, four, 11, and 59 yards. So only six catches for 59 yards to tight ends this year, also. No touchdown. Yeah. 
Um, I would start Metcalf. It is a tough matchup, but that connection to Wilson is looking like it's real, and this dude is a matchup nightmare. So I think I'll be safe with him as like a flex receiver. And um, it, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's just like a shutdown corner though. I think what? Not not against you know Metcalf, bro. The dude has been beasting, bro. All right, that's wild. I mean, I, I would start him. You don't I, think, I don't think Marshawn Lattimore is a shutdown cornerback? I mean, he's one of the good cornerbacks, but I'm not going to be scared off by this matchup, man, because that, like I say, uh, Russell Wilson is one of the most accurate deep passers, and Metcalf is just showing to be a matchup nightmare the two games. So, how about I, this? I'll she- take that back. He is he's one of the elite corners, but I, mean, I was about to say, come on, bro, come on, come on, come on, come on. I don't even like the Saints, but you got to get that man his dude. That man is a beast. He done had a couple. What's he been doing this year, though? It seems like he's been struggling this year, though. I mean, he has been against uh, Hopkins and um, the Saints in back-to-back weeks, but I don't think he's been struggling. He's struggling compared to to Marshawn Lattimore, but I don't, I don't even think he's given up. I think he might have gave up a touchdown to Deshaun Hopkins the first, DeAndre Hopkins the first week, and that's about it. I put him. Who they play last week? Uh, Robert Woods, and he pretty much shut Robert Woods down. No, nah, they had Robert Woods had a touchdown call back. It was on like he, a play though. He didn't have it though. He did. If you look at the stats, he got shut down. Yeah, when you look at the game, you know, see yeah, the touchdown got called back. With my Sean right. I'm not allowed to tell me DK no run, route running ass is gonna have a good game against Marshawn Lattimer. He's I'll a decent name He's the name in the league. You give him breath too much credit. He's a decent QB. He's a name in the league, but I think you're kind of giving him too much credit. All right, let's go on to the next one because that's wild. Uh, Houston Texans are playing the uh, Chargers, uh, 48-point over-under. The Chargers are favored by three. Deshaun Watson is a start for me, of course. Phillip Rivers, I think he's a stream for me this week. I think he's got a good matchup. Um, Uh, Yeah, both of them got a matchup, but something to watch with Watson. He's been under pressure on 50% of his uh, dropbacks so far in 2019, in 2019. But as you said, he's a good start because Darwin James and Adrian Phillips, the Chargers safeties, are out this week. In the past two games, this defense have gave up two TDs to both uh, QBs so far. And also with Phillips, it's a great start. Seconds are allowing 28 completions per game, which is third most in the league. Phillip uh, has a great play against Houston's vulnerable secondary. So um firing up Phillip Rivers, too. So both of these quarterbacks are for good plays. Yep, yep. Um, definitely have Rivers down as a start this week, too. Um, if you're looking for a streamer, Houston's giving up ninth most points to QBs. So I like him. I uh, also like Mike Williams for receivers. He's going up against Lonnie Johnson, who's graded out as a 50, 50 points, according to PFF. And he made a great catch last week, man. Great catch. And speaking with Hunter Henry out, uh, exactly. Williams' workload is going to increase, and he's going to take over. Henty, Henry, uh, I said Henry. I can't even say my own last name. He's going to take over Henry Hunter targets, and uh, 17% of Henry career targets have been inside the end zone. Not the red zone, inside the end zone. So Mike Williams' shares look really lovely right now. Yes, sir. Yeah, I definitely got um, Austin Eckler as a start. I got Justin Jackson as another wait a week for me, too, but you can't drop him because he's had two touchdowns called back each week. 
Um, well, not each week, but a touchdown each week. Um, but hopefully he gets a lot more goal line work, uh, especially with uh, Austin Eckler fumbling the ball on the goal line uh, last week. So I just still got to wait and see that happen, though. Uh, with the Carlos Hyde and the Duke Johnson situation, how y'all feel about that? Uh, I mean, they've been efficient so far. So if you got either one, they seem like some good uh, flex plays right now, even against uh, the Chargers this week. I got Johnson plays 66 snaps and total 19 touches, uh, 15 carries for four receptions, and Hyde has played 62 snaps, total 31 touches, 30 carries for one reception. So, I mean, they're, they're supposed to be playing from behind. So maybe Duke Johnson gets more of the action uh, through the passing uh, situation. But Carlos Hyde is averaging 5.8 yards per carry right now. That's and he is the short yardage back. So when they get in the red zone and they run the ball, he's going to Carlos Hyde is averaging 5.8 carries right now. Well, they're both averaging 5.8. They're both efficient on the ground, man. But like you said, in games that they're expected to trail, I think it's going to be Duke getting more of the work. So – I would choose Duke if I had to choose between the two, but they're both good plays. Pittsburgh are going to San Francisco with a 43-point over-under. Um, Six-and-a-half points San Francisco are favored by. I got Mason Rudolph as a sit for me this week. I believe that 49ers pass rush is um, really, like, good. <laughs> uh, they pressured Jameis Winston 38% of his dropbacks as – uh, what was that? The first week and last week they pressured Andy Dalton 32% of his. And so Mason Rudolph, uh, he's have a better offensive line than both of those teams, but he's uh, still a rookie pretty much. I know he's not a rookie, but he's a rookie. And I feel like the 49ers know that and they're going to pin their ear back and go for him and make him make the throws under pressure. I, I can agree with the way to see that uh, 49ers defense has looked better than I thought. Uh, I think that that line is a little too high, though, man. Six yeah, and a half. Was it six? Yeah, and I half? think that line is a little too high too. Six and a half. I don't see it being that high. I don't see that many. I don't see that. I, I like the under on that too. Yeah. Jimmy G, I have as a stream this week. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick was signed by the Steelers, but Joe Hayden is still out. Uh, and they have allowed six hundred and forty-one yards and six touchdowns uh, through the air even though that was against Tom Brady and Russell Wilson, but still. Um, James Conner, uh, like I said before, he's off of the injury report list, so I, hasn't, I have him as a start this uh, Sunday, but I would be cautious because I don't know how much of a workload they're going to give him uh, with him just going out last week with the knee injury. So mm-hmm. I just got to start with caution for James Conner. I agree. Um, gave up. They've given up the 25th most, point, most points to the uh... – Running backs, too. So, one of the good teams against the run. Mm-hmm. Okay. Matt Burita and uh, Mostert. I think you can start both of them uh, with caution because the Steelers have only allowed 221 yards on 55 carries, and they only allow four four yards per carry and only one touchdown. But the weakness of the Pittsburgh Steelers is in against the air. Uh, they are the number two team in the league, giving up 17 receptions to running backs. And we all know Kyle Shanahan and the running backs are going to be great. Uh, as far as which one would you like over the other, I don't I don't really know, man. They're about even value-wise. Huh? 
And that Kyle Shanahan offense is just so hard to predict which one, because like Jeff Wilson might come out here and get two touchdowns again. Oh my God! They already said he's the red zone back, or they said he hinted it. Hit it, yeah. He definitely hinted at it. And another thing that's working in their favor is um, they've graded out as one of the best offensive lines so far through two games. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you see, I know Pitt, um, Cincinnati's not you know good against the run or anything, but just both of them were just carving them up last week, man. So if they do jump out to a lead against them, and you know with Mason Rudolph, they might not be able to sustain drives like that, so they might get more opportunities too. So I think they're both safe plays this week. I can uh, also have Juju as a start this week. Uh, Nineteen attempts for Mason Rudolph last week, and Juju seen five targets out of them. That's a twenty-six point three percent target share. Uh, Big Ben. Uh, that's just compared to Big Ben, who had sixty-two attempts, and Juju uh, seen night uh, seen seventeen point seven percent of the targets that Big Ben threw. So Juju is um, running forty-seven percent of his seventy. Uh, running forty-seven out of seventy-four of his routes in the slot too. So that's also a positive thing for Juju. And I think that he definitely gets a bump down, but I think he's definitely still a safe start. If that makes sense. Yeah. You got to start Juju. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you took Washington, I think is a, is a nice flex play for me too. Just with the, just going off the Mason Rudolph and James Washington report. I think he, he's in line for maybe like a boomer bust touchdown guy. I think Have you good. haven't heard the news? You talking about your boy getting benched? Who? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll take my three wide slats, I mean, the three wide receiver uh, sets, Juju in the slot, Jane Washington, Z, Deontay uh, Johnson. I'm sorry. Uh, 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 fooling with this Dante Moncrief foolishness. Yeah, man. He, he is who he thought he was. <laughs> uh, Marky's Goodwin. I think he's a nice flex play. Um, I can see him having another big play, especially with no Joe Hayden being there. Um, he's one of the fastest people in the like NFL. I think he is the fastest person in the NFL, and the Steelers' fastest person uh, in the secondary ran a four-four-six. So that just shows that he's gonna burn the top off of them, and I feel like he can get behind him at least one play. I think Miss. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick could probably um, definitely put a halt into those plans, but I definitely think he uh, could get a sneak in there. If you're looking for, like, a, a nice upside play on those late games and you need, like, a nice touchdown to win the game, I think you could play Marquise Goodwin. He had one last week, too. Yep. Debo Samuel um, has played more snaps than any uh, wide receiver uh, for the 49ers uh, through two weeks, uh, and he's also been targeted 10 more times than any wide receiver Four to four dollars through ten weeks. I mean, through four, two weeks. Uh, but I just don't know if you can t- tr- trust him just yet. Uh, but if you're in a deep flex situation, I, I could see you start him if you like. Like I'm starting him I mean, over Goodwin. Yeah, he, he has looked like number one receiver so far out there. Like yeah. uh, the a lot of usage. Yes. Uh, Vance McDonald mm-hmm. I have as a sit for me, uh, including last year. Um, they've only allowed the seven fewest points to Fennett. Fantasy points to tight ends, so I don't. I just don't see Vance McDaniels having a good day. I mean, when uh, uh, one thing to watch. So when the backup quarterback came in, he targeted Vance a lot in the red zone. So when they get in the red zone, he is going to get his look. So keep that in mind. Yeah, I, get, I don't think he'll get you uh, a big game. I, he might get you that touchdown, touchdown value. I mean, it's not oh, hard. Yeah. To, that's I, how you need from a touchdown. I mean, yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. It's not hard to be a good tight end. 
Um, his snaps also spiked last week. Um, I think he played like 93% of the snaps last week. Mm, so, yeah, right. I definitely think he's a safe play. But, yeah, Ceiling might be capped. But, you know, can't yeah. ask too much from your tight end unless you got like a top three option. Like George Kittle, um, I think he's a start. Uh, Disley went five for 50 with two touchdowns last week. So, just imagine what George Kittle's going to do. Yeehaw, Will Disley. All right. <laughs> the Los Angeles Rams are going to the Cleveland Browns house, a 49 and a half point over under supposed to be a high scoring games. The Rams are favored by three. I got Jared Goff as a start this week. Contrary to popular belief, I think we definitely have found out that the offensive line is the weak point uh, in the Rams off um, in the Rams. And I think that's why they don't look as explosive as they did last, like last year. And they will be facing Miles Garrett and crew. And that's just a, a ferocious. Uh, I think Miles Garrett is even leading the league in sacks, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but Jared Goff. Uh, and penalties. Huh? And penalties. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, yeah, definitely. Jared Goff is a 61.7% passer rate under pressure. Um, that's not that good. But the bright spot about it is the Browns are the Browns defense are allowing 8.16 yards per attempt. That's the ninth highest mark um, in the league. Uh, and they did that to quarterbacks, quarterbacks, Luke Falk and Marcus Mariota. So I think Jared Goff is better than all of them. And I think like if you give in Marcus Mariota and Luke Falk 8.16 yards per attempt, I think those uh, wide receivers for the Rams are going to get loose and it's going to be a good game for them. You better go. I know a lot of people don't like Jared Goff this week, but I do. Yeah, I, I'm one of those people that don't really like him too much. Mm-hmm. Um, he just he's kind of like Breeze in terms of like and and Big Ben in terms of like ro- home road splits. So with him yeah. playing on the road, that is a good point. But yeah, but their favorite, but their favorites on the road. So I mean. I, I like Jared Goff. Yeah, Baker Mayfield. I have as a sit for me this week. Um, Talib is playing, and no quarterback has put up a top 15 performance against the Rams. That's 10 out of the 18 games that um, Talib has played. The other eight games, the opposing quarterback has a top 15 performance. But when he's in the game, they don't. And he is playing this week, and I don't want no part of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, so you got him in the lead, don't you? Huh? Yeah, well, I don't have no choice, so fuck that guy. Um, top, but I don't like it. I'm just being real. See, that's me being real right there. I got him. I got to start him, but I wouldn't start him if I was y'all. Um, <laughs> Todd Gurley, I got as a start through two weeks. He's playing uh, 66% of the snaps compared to uh, Brown Malcolm Browns, who's playing 32%. Um, the red zone attempts have um, increased a little bit. I think um, the the percentages won't show it because he was just so heavily outsnapped in the red zone the first week. Um, but last week we seen a turn for I think the, the good, of course, uh, Marcus Brown has seven attempts in the red zone. Malcolm Brown, Gurley. Malcolm Brown, seven attempts in the red zone to Ty Gurley's four. Um, but I think we saw last week they gave Ty Gurley a little bit more of that that running back load. Uh, I think they're feeling a little bit more comfortable with him. He was in the game uh, for most of the time, and he got a red zone touchdown last week. So I just think that's. Um, Something to look better for. I think Ty Gurley owners can breathe uh, lightly, exactly, or, or breathe out, or however that saying goes. I ain't like Carlos that got all these sayings with the greasing your wheel and stuff. <laughs> Read a book, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Chubb is a start for me. He's averaging three point nine a carry. Um, 
not too gravy, but the Rams allowed uh, CMC to go crazy on them. And they, uh, but they did stop Alvin Kamara. But I think that's more due to Drew Brees being out. Um, the offensive line for Cleveland is the weak spot, like I said before. But I think uh, it can be turned into a shootout easily with the over under being 49 and a half points. And I think Chubb can get targets in that aspect uh, with that backup uh, Hilliard still being out. Is he going to be out again this week? I haven't heard anything about him being in. So yeah. I might have yeah, out with a concussion, him. right? Yeah. 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 One good thing going for Chubb, too, is like he had like 20 touches last week, and the uh, coach, Freddie Kitchen, came out and said that he would like to get him even more touches. So I would exactly. love that. Especially if it's a, like a shootout. Yeah. Uh, I got the Rams wide receivers as a start. Uh, Robert Woods is a start with caution to me because he's going to be playing against Denzel Ward for most of the day. So he's going to be in for another long day. Um, OBJ is a star for me, even though he's playing against uh, Akib Tulib, but he's OBJ. I still got to be worried about his name. Um, Jarvis Landry, y'all starting him? Um, yeah. Nah, I got him as a sit. He's going to be matched with Nickel, Roby Coleman, um, mm-hmm. and he's been looking pretty good this year. So, And Landry, like we said in the beginning of the year, man, if he's not getting that value, he's just not going to be as efficient as he was you know, in the early, early parts of his career. If you so. know, you know. Sorry, LeVon. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Chicago Bears in the last game of the week. It's so poo, man. Like for the we've been having some pretty well. Sunday night game is not gonna be that bad, but the Monday night game is like uh, the Bears versus the Washington Redskins. Forty-one and a half point over under. The Bears are expected to win by four points. I still got Mr. Bitch, Mitch Trubisky as a sit hey. for me. Um, yeah, he has a. Good matchup, man, but yeah, I see he just been looking good. I'm waiting to see if he can, and he's yeah. out there on the waivers anyway. So, Dak and Carson both put up um combined point five hundred and eighty two yards for six touchdowns on sixty nine uh, attempts, like you said. So it's a good matchup. Um, the Ravens don't even pressure a lot. They pressure Wentz twenty six point eight percent of the time on the dropbacks, uh, and they only pressure Dak. 18.2% times on dropbacks. So, I mean, I just I just think he's just not a good – he just doesn't look good. Like, I thought he would come in year two and, like, take over the offense, but he looked like he took a couple steps back, man. Even though he has played two tough defenses and the Washington defense could be the matchup. So, this – he could – he has now made it to the list. If he don't perform, you got to come see me next week. Yep. Yep. Uh, Kaysen Keenum, I got as a sit. Uh, of course, he's playing against that Bears defense. I know he's been pretty good through the first two weeks, but that Bears defense still looks like that Bears defense. Um, <clears throat> the Bears running back situation, I got you can I got um you can start David Montgomery as a like a with confidence this week. Uh, I think the snap share has definitely calmed down. This came like to earth a little bit. Uh, Tariq Cohen had fifty one the first week. Uh, Mac Davis with forty and uh, Montgomery with 27. Then week two, Montgomery had 27, uh, 22 for Cohen and 15 for Davis. So we see Montgomery begin to take over the backfield, and that's what we wanted to see. The Redskins defense has also allowed 249 yards and one touchdown on the comp- to the Cowboys and Eagles uh, through two weeks. So I just think this is a game that David Montgomery, this fans could be waiting for, like for the breakout. I agree. I agree. 
Uh, AP and Chris Thompson, I got a sits. They're playing against that Bears defense. I don't want any parts of that if I can avoid it. Um, I think you can start Allen Robinson um, with confidence this week. And Terry Mc... Uh, Terry, what's, what's, what's Scary Terry's last name? Scary Terry McLaurin. Scary, uh, Terry McLaurin, I think he's a start this week. Also, even though he'll be playing against that uh, vaunted Bears defense, but he's just getting... All the targets, uh, 19.8 target share through two weeks, four red zone targets. Uh, he's Case Keenum's favorite. I mean, if anything, you go to target, end zone targets. So, and, I, and, I, thought, I got four red zones, yeah, four red zone and then three end zone targets. What's so the 10 yard, uh, end zone targets? Like, don't oh, he's being targeted in the end zone, his feet are in the end zone, gay. Okay? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like, I'm you know, sorry. The, the touchdown thing. I'm, I've had a little bit of medicine. <laughs> it was like end zone. <laughs> what uh, I've had a little what bit of medicine. <laughs> I had a little bit of medicine. If you get my drift. Um, Terry, Terry produced this week. He must start every week, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I definitely him and Hollywood for me. Hollywood. Oh, I'm so glad I got him on my team. Um, that brings us to the last game, fellas. Uh, so. Hold up, bro. Hold up. That's not the last game. <laughs> uh, I also, Trey Burton. He came back last week. Um, oh, I, also, not gonna. I'm not gonna start him though. Has a pretty tough matchup, and he just. I don't know if he's fully healthy yet, so I think he's another set this week. Um, but yeah, that's about it. All right, so now, fellas, let's go ahead and get into the starts and sits. Let's give them the starts and sits. Carlos, who is your start and sit of the week? My start of the week is going to be none other than Hollywood Brown. Hollywood! So, last week, um, you know, one thing that we wanted to watch for was um, seeing his snaps increase, which they did. He played in 50 of 77 snaps. And not only that, but he was targeted on 38 of Lamar's 44 drawbacks with a massive 38% target share. Mm. And the icing on the cake, other than, of course, it being a super high over-under, is he has one of the best matchups of the week. Um, he's going against Charvarius, Charvarius Ward, who has a 61 grade, according to PFF. Yes. So, you know, he's, I mean, everything is just, he checks every box this week, and he's a start of the week for me. I've been checking boxes since I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, My start of the week, start of the week Javar. My <clears throat> week is homegrown UGA Matthew Stafford. You know, he's been surprising this this year. He has uh, 630 yards with five TDs through two games. And even with the team going on a slow pace, slow pace, he got souls. But this week, I see he may throw 40 to 45 times as teams that have played Philly have game plan to pass the ball instead of running the ball because they have such a great run defense. As, as I spoke of it earlier, teams are passing the ball 75% of the time. So fire up Matthew Stafford this week. Yeah, I mean, a quarterback definitely looks better after he has no broken bones in his back, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, <clears throat> my start of the week is – I'm going home with it, man. We're going to take him to the dirty, dirty. Uh, Devonta Freeman, I think, like I said before, this is the week of all weeks. If he doesn't have a good week this week, then, like, it's, it's nothing that you can do about Devonta Freeman for this year. I think we can give up hope on him. Um, he's facing um, 
the Indianapolis Colts, Derrick Henry had a big game against them. Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson torched him for the uh, week one. So I just think, Devonta Freeman, you next, guy. Rise up, baby. Rise up. <clears throat> Who you got as your sit of the week, Javar? My sit of the week is Baker Mayfield. This week they're playing against Rams, and they haven't. He hasn't looked good against uh, the D line of ten- with Tennessee or the Jets, and that offensive line is horrible right now. So going to go up against an All Pro and Darnold, it's only going to be worse with uh, to leave out there as you spoke of earlier. So. Baker is a sit for me, dog. Hey, man, it's like, it's crazy. This dude, John Dorsey, went out here really made a Madden trade, bro. Gave up his best offensive lineman for Odell Beckham, and they're, like, suffering real bad for it right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's crazy. Uh, who you guys your sit of the week, Los? Uh, So my sit of the week is um, my guy TJ Hawkinson. The dude has been looking good, even though he came back to earth last week. Um, going against the Eagles, he's going to be matched up with Malcolm Jenkins. Um, yeah. The middle of the field is not where you want to target the Eagles. As we talked about earlier, you want to target those outside cornerbacks. Yes, so I think the two good guys is Marvin Jones and Kenny G. Um, and TJ Hawkinson might have a rough day going against him. Man, He uh, held Austin Hooper in check last week. And if it wasn't for that crazy, weird Vernon Davis touchdown in week one, he would have held him in check too. So TJ Hawkinson, sit of the week. Um, I'm going to stay with the same team. I got carry on Johnson as my sit of the week. Um, I just think I've seen enough through the first two weeks. I think he's going to be against that Philadelphia defense of line. And we already know they don't play with the Russian. They don't give up any rushing yards. And I just think that Matt Patricia is too close to Bill Belichick. And he just believes in splitting the load with running backs. And I don't think carry on Johnson is going to get, enough targets to overcome him not being able to rush the ball this week. I swear to God, if Paul <laughs> Perkins gets any touches, <laughs> I will break my TV, bro. bro. Paul Perkins is getting some touches. He's getting at least three. He's going to be on the field at least 10 times, and he's going to touch the ball three times at least. Uh, how this dude is still in the league. I'm telling you, man, it, 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 hey, the apple don't fall too far from the tree, man. And I think I've seen enough. Like, of course, carry on had the big play last week with the big touchdown catch. But you take that away. I know you can't take that away, but I'm saying, like, if you take the big plays away, I like to see a player that produces, like, every play. Not every play, but, like, you know what I'm saying? Yards per catch, yards per tackle. Not That's nothing. It. 20 yards per um, carry. That means you having a big play. But if you give me, like, three to four yards, three, four, five yards per carry. Not three, but four or five yards per carry. That's what I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see those kind of running backs. You know what I mean? And carry on not doing that for me right now. Uh, I think uh like the Freeman Cobb, but you might might I don't know about the carry on. I might hit it. I don't know. Eighty-two yards on twenty-eight carries through two games, the Eagles have given up. But uh, passing yards. That's what I'm saying. You depending on them passing yards, and I think TJ Johnson gonna get some passing yards that's gonna piss you off. Ty Johnson. Ty whatever his name is. <laughs> whatever his damn name is. <laughs> <laughs> It's not carry on Johnson. That's what his problem. That's the problem. Uh, <clears throat> um, so of course we promised y'all last episode we're gonna start giving y'all some defenses of the week because we know some of y'all still play with defenses. So Lowe's, go ahead and give us your defensive start of the week. So my defense that I'm going with is the Green Bay Packers. They are much improved this year and they are 
almost eight point favorites at home against the uh, Denver Broncos. Yep. Um, they have they have like I want to say five turnovers already through two games. So um, I think they're in a great spot this week. Fire them up. Fire them up. Javar, who are you going with with your defense at the start of the week? Uh, my defense start of the week is San Francisco 49ers. They have a stacked D-line that has been wrecking havoc. They have seven sacks within the first two weeks and uh, four INTs. So uh, and they're going against a completed or a rock burger list Steelers this week. Fire up San Francisco. Yeah, I think San Francisco definitely um, that pass rush is a good. I think D four might be hurt this week, so that could be something to look out for. But I definitely think they're going to be in line for another good week. Uh, my defensive stream of the week this week is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, like I mentioned before, uh, ever since Todd Boyles has taken over, he's given that defense a whole new uh, like look. They don't look like the average Buccaneers of past, so that's something to be on the lookout for, Falcon fans. Um, they allow the uh, fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing QPs, and they have another backup QB, and he's a rookie, and he's starting for the first game, and he's going to be under the lights with not a lot of, like, targets. Not targets, but not a lot of players, like, not a lot of star players. I mean, he has Saquon, but he has, like, it's going to be a stacked – deck against them, you know what I mean? And I think Tampa Bay is going to take advantage of that. They're 6.5 and a, six and a half points over uh, favorites, and they're at home. So I think oh. – I can dig it. Oh, shit. All right, yeah, man. Um, So hopefully these defenses give you a Patriots performance last week with the high-scoring uh, players. In they won me a couple leagues. I'm pretty happy about it. So hopefully Tampa Bay does the same thing to you. Um. Yeah, man, without further ado, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Hopefully, week three brings you joy. Um, hopefully, I do the same thing that I did last week and win every league except uh, my 0-2 league. Hopefully, I come out of that 1-2 this week. So, all my 0-2ers, I hope you come out 1-2 and unless I'm playing you. All right, so without further ado, um, make sure you, of course, leave us a review. Leave us some likes. Um Subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Fantasy In Session. And without further ado, to see y'all next time. Peace. Peace.